Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode 651. It's being recorded on November 4, 2021. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Breck Van Spurenberg. You can find out when we do go live. I got an email earlier letting us know that we were podcasting on a Thursday. It's a good In reminder for you. Yeah. I, I rely on this, actually. Hey, go to pcper.com slash subscribe. And then you can also support the site financially. That means money at patreon.com slash pcper. Brett, do we have a uh, twop uh, this week <laughs> on Patreon update this you know, week? We- we do have a couple of uh, notable mentions. Uh, we want to thank the uh, handle Unpour for uh, throwing a few Cronar uh, in the kitty. Uh, very much appreciated. And we have someone who has decided to up their patronage significantly. And I'm going to wow. say it's it's. I would have to say it's a significant percentage of the whole. Okay. Wow. And I'm not going to give any numbers. So we have away. a benefactor. Well, like a know. patron. He's, a, a, he's patron a real patron. He's a PC real patron. Per arts. Yeah. His first name is Gregory. Sweet. All right. And he's upped it to such a level. Is his last name Josh, Gumble? Is it, it's is not. It no. That Josh oh. can step in and give him a personal thank you. So we've been leading up to this. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? Neither does we Josh. are now balling with Gregory Wallen. We'd like to thank you personally from the bottom of our hearts and from my PayPal account <laughs> to graciously give us some extra money. And Gregory... Hi. <laughs> no, it was okay. There's, That's where the money ends up. There's, there's no, <laughs> there's no the stopping shot. the cat butt. There's no stopping it. Hey, you can't on stop the, the cat subject butt. of thank uh, you, Gregory. Really, I yes, hope that please. was enough. I, I hope you. that it, it, it brought it a tear to your eye far more than he ever imagined. Oh. Truly. <laughs> Thanks, Speaking Gregory. Speaking of sanitary things, Josh ate some food this week. He would like to talk about it. I, I did. Um, I don't even remember what the name of this was, but it was it was fantastic. It was it was named after a guy, but it it came together really nicely. In fact, there was just so much meat there. I had to have a salad and not fries. As you can see in the background, we got the croutons, you got the tomatoes, you got the the fresh greens. But in the foreground, you've got the usual, you know, buttered and slightly browned. Uh, Sesame seed buns, which is nice. Uh, you got the two regular quarter pound patties, so that's that's just a half pound of meat right there. Now on top of that is smoked pulled pork, spread across generously, and underneath that pulled pork is fire roasted chilies, hatch green chilies. That was, and then if that wasn't enough. They poured queso on top and then shoved the top bun on. So you have pulled pork, green chili, queso, double burger with buttered buns. Yeah, I didn't eat for a while after that. It was another 24 to 28 hours before I I had anything else because it was it was very filling. It was very good. It wasn't as spicy as perhaps, you know, if you had jalapenos, obviously, but... But overall, uh, uh, you you really you know, each each flavor complemented the other. It was all brought together with the queso. So, yeah, happily excess is never enough. We can't put it off any longer. We have to talk about 
mm. Intel. Mm. And their return to not just not just relevance, not just competitiveness. Dare we use the buzzword leadership? His Dare own you? lake, the return. This is their core moment again. Uh-huh. Or was it core two that finally like brought things back? I thought it was, yeah, core, it was core two, two duo. Only, but, okay. Yeah. Because before that, I mean, core was, was Benias and that was a great mobile chip for the time, but it was, it was the core two duo launch that really cemented their place and, and kicked poor old AMD to the side. Well, I am uh, still waiting for our Intel CPU samples to arrive they are in FedEx hell right now. But don't worry. Falcon Northwest saved the day. They didn't use FedEx. They used UPS. And they sent mm. us this beautiful talent system for our review, which I did an unboxing stream of the other day. So it was all set. It had uh, DDR5 installed. It had a graphics card. Just, you know, a 3090. But it, it qualifies as a graphics mm. card. And then I didn't have to worry about the cooler because it had its new revision of their 280 millimeter Asatec cooler with the larger block for the LGA 1700. And we don't have to go over the whole Intel 12th generation core thing again. We talked about this before. Intel did a staggered uh, embargo on this where we could do unboxings and talk about architecture and stuff, but we couldn't talk about performance. So the embargo is up. You can talk about performance all you want. Uh, if you were lucky enough to get your hands on Alder Lake. And uh, I I remember some of what I wrote uh, early this morning and late last night. But have you guys looked over any of the reviews today? I looked at Gordon's review at PC World today. And I kind of skipped I looked at yours. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. I talked about some of the testing issues... And I was watching Wendell's video this morning, actually. I forgot about that. Um, and he basically had a, this, this long disclaimer, this discussion at the beginning about the testing issues. Because Windows 11 is, is a new operating system, and it's not really fully baked. Uh, and you've got a new architecture, a new operating system, a new memory standard, all this stuff happening at the same time. And then there's questions about, do you test Ryzen on Windows 11 if you're testing Windows 11? Um, Alder Lake on Windows 11, you want apples to apples, but then can you really have apples to apples if it's DDR4 versus DDR5 and so on and so on. And I don't have access to a board that supports Alder Lake and DDR4, so that's out the window. I did all of the new Ryzen testing that I performed with Windows 10, Hmm? and then I used the legacy results that I had, like the benchmarking from like 2020 and 2021 so far. Which is all Windows 10. The only Windows 11 stuff was Alder Lake. So, I, and honestly, I ran some Windows 10 tests first, and they were almost exactly the same. So I wasn't really seeing much of an advantage. But uh, to give you a look at what our particular configuration was, here's a screenshot from HW Info 64. The Talon system that we got for our review has an Asus ROG Maximus Z690 Hero board. So they went all out with this one. Is that like a $700 board? It or is, 600? yeah, six or seven. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, it had the 12900K processor and a 3090, an EVGA XC3 Ultra Gaming. The memory, 
right now DDR DDR five is almost impossible to get, even if you are, you know, system integrator. So forty eight hundred is is the one that we can actually get our hands on right now. I just want to show real quick the results that I got in a couple of benchmarks. You know, Intel kind of got away from rendering benchmarks like Cinebench. It's not real world. Well, it's not. they weren't winning them anymore. Cinebench, and I know that a lot of people are using R23. I haven't shifted over to that yet. Good old R20, it's massive. Single core goes from, what was it with the 11th gen? 651 to 775. That's a single core score. That's the highest I've ever seen. In comparison, a 5950X running the preferred DDR4 3600 uh, speed only manages 628. It's even winning in multi-threaded in most of these CPU benchmarks, which is a crazy thing. has 24 threads. That's the same number of threads as a 5900X, which is a 12-core multi-threaded part. It's kind of crazy. Like, every single thing... Well, I guess it's not that crazy once you look at the clocks that it's sustaining and the power that it's drawing. But the architecture itself <laughs> is quite impressive, and it looks like completely revamping the core and giving it a lot more cash has really paid off. Integer performance is outstanding. Floating point performance is way up, where AMD had been eating their lunch in that category, if you look at like Geekbench results. Now, all of a sudden, integer and floating point, Intel has the lead. So, it, and that is reflected in almost any benchmark you can run. I mean, going back to even like the old X264 HD benchmark and 7-zip, it's still dominated by AMD. But Intel holding its own, I mean, it's in second place. But, Maybe uh, third. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on what you're looking Mine, at. Uh, compression is a lot harder on the CPU than decompression is, and <clears> it's in second place with compression. Decompression. Uh, my AMD's absolute king of decompression. My uh, understanding now is we will no longer be able to make fun of them as the furnace of CPUs. Well, uh, okay. Funny you mention that. Do, t do tell. It's funny you mention that, and I'll skip past the gaming thing. I want to see real-world gaming benchmarks anyway. Um, power draw, I have a horrible chart here because I didn't have time to make a bunch of other charts. But it was sustaining 4,658 megahertz was the average throughout the test run. Under now, was, was that, was that, that was just the P cores. What, what's the max on E cores? Do they, they break that down? Yeah, you can look at it, and I have the log, so I can look at it individually. I thought it was like 3.2. Oh, okay. But, oh, okay. Uh, the package power did indeed top out at its rated 241, and it was sustaining something around 236 on average, though it was peaking up towards 240 and even 241. But that was throughout the entire test. And this particular motherboard, I had verified that, because with Asus, you have this easy drop-down option that says enforce all limits and in the past this has enforced that PL1 and PL2 limit and the actual tau for Intel desktops which is usually 56 seconds after that it drops down to its 125 watt TDP and with this one I have to double check because if there was an all core boost enhancement enabled by default which every motherboard is going to have enabled it's essentially going to ignore I think the PLU or PL1 and PL2 values, or else they're both set to 241. But this is BIOS 0604 for the Maximus Hero board. And even with Enforce All Limits set, it was still allowing it to draw 241 throughout an entire uh, classroom render, which was well over 56 seconds. So not sure. And even in that so, one so render, go ahead. Tell me. A 
tell me, go ahead and finish yours, and then... Okay, I was just going to say, even in that in. one render, as I write here, package temp was hitting 97C. This is in a room that was only 21 to 22C. And that's with a 280-millimeter all-in-one running at 100% fans and pump. There were P-cores within single digits of hitting their TJ Maxx, like within 7 and even 5 degrees of hitting TJ Maxx. There was no throttling. This is one run. So at this point, you have to decide... If you're looking for the absolute highest performing desktop CPU, it is actually the 12900K. And that's the consensus across the reviews that I looked at this morning. But you will use more power. Like an AMD processor never pulls more than, what, like 155 watts? So if that matters to you, save yourself 90 watts and use AMD, but you're not going to get the same performance. uh, so like is incredibly impressive but they were able to is is the era of the 240 millimeter aio over i think so <laughs> is it 280 it's 280 now oh well yeah how, how loud did that get yeah i wasn't measuring the sound but it was i would say just from experience probably 50 decibels when i had everything at 100 percent but that's just I'm, crazy i'm just doing bench crazy i always i always do and that. And Falcon shipped a cooler that had an appropriate cold plate on it with an elongated plate or... Yeah, I mean, I haven't taken it off, but my understanding okay. was that they have a new design for Mesa Tech that they're putting in all of these that has the longer cold plate. <laughs> it was already like an oversized cold plate mm-hmm. design. So there's other there are companies out there that are saying, hey, we already were ready for this. They just will mm-hmm. ship you out a new mounting bracket and they think the cold plate's big enough. So we'll see. Because obviously Mesa Tech is the basis for a lot of these designs that are out there. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's what they're using. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Alder Lake. Intel. Jeremy. 12th Gen. What are some other reviews out there that you've perused today? Uh, assuming VMix will actually behave for me now. Because I've been having nothing but internet nightmares over here. Uh, no, okay it was right Kit that... Good. Uh, actually, that does seem to have helped. Uh, Kit Grow got their hands on something that uh, is going to make everyone else's nightmare and life a nightmare why because there are not just a single type of motherboard for this there are two different types of z691 which uses ddr4 one which uses ddr5 and you better hope you pick the right one ah yes that's that's going to be more annoying than a a gpo that doesn't have as much ram as you thought it did but uh so that's what they did is they tested ddr5 5200 Mm-hmm. Uh, against uh, three different ranges of uh, DDR4. And, you know, is it actually worth jumping on this brand new bandwagon? And as it turns out, you know, unless you really like running uh, memory bandwidth scores, uh, not latency, but uh, bandwidth, then yeah, it's awesome. But uh, if you're just doing the, if you're looking at actual pure performance, there's almost no justification to jump up yet. Now, of course, that comes with a caveat. This is your first-gen DDR5. The the tech is going to change. It's going to become more mature. We hope the tidings get the timings get a little bit tighter. But it was sort of interesting just to see that uh, there's not such a huge difference right now uh, in jumping the generation to RAM, unless you're looking for some of the features like onboard ECC and uh, such like that. So that it was interesting that they actually managed to get the motherboards to be able to test that. Yeah. Like, see anyone else do that. Impressive. They got some uh, higher clocked uh, DDR5. They got some Corsair 5200, it looks like. <clears throat> yeah, they got a whole slew getting... of it from them. So 
I assume that's we should be getting happened. some of that soon. Actually, yeah, you're supposed to get some of that. Speaking of Corsair and DDR5, they put together a forum post that uh, sort of ran down their the differences between DDR4 and DDR5 and people's questions on that. So I thought it'd be a good thing to throw this in here from uh, from Corsair. Yeah. Corsair, why do we need DDR5? How does it compare to DDR4? Is it backwards compatible? How do I know if yeah, my motherboard uses one or the for other? The novice. User. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the theoretical benefits of DDR5 are obviously very good yeah. because of the potential for, obviously, more bandwidth. I think right now the latency thing is just... But there was one thing I did read in here that I, d- I actually hadn't realized is that there's two XMP profiles on DDR5. I actually didn't realize that yet. And you can hmm. write XMP profiles, right? Uh, okay. With 3.0, you can write know. back. Like, you can do your own tweaking okay. and then write it back. Yeah. Interesting. So, I did not know the difference between XMP 2.0 let's, and XMP Let's make things 3.0. really, really unstable. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, XMP... Well, no, that's the AMD one. You know, what? what is cool about DDR5 <laughs> is the uh, is uh, how it handles power on the actual board itself. But by drawing a lot more of it? <laughs> well, no, no. You've, you've, got the, you've got the actual power circuitry. CPU's taking it all. Uh, on the dims. So, so Josh, oh, you're right. saying the, it, it's yeah, allowed. Yeah, yeah. It's allowed to draw more or less. It's allowed to kind of regulate itself to some degree. No. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I didn't attend Editor's Day. Who did? Me. And Intel was talking about XMP 3.0, which is their invention, of course. Hmm. Okay. What is this? Uh, there's a lot of excitement, obviously, about uh, Alder Lake with all the benchmarks and everybody talking about how fast it is. And there's this yes. new memory standard. So all these companies are jumping on this bandwagon, and I get press releases every day now saying, like, we just hit 6,600. Our memory just hit 7,200. Well, as Video Cards is reporting, somebody got a little carried away claiming that they had overclocked a 12900K to 8 gigahertz, and their DDR5 was at 8,300 megatransfers per second. But Hi, Cookie. You're not going to tell me they were lying, yep. were you? That was high cookie. Like completely well, just totally out lying? Were they lying? But this is a, this is an editorial response by the maker of CPU-Z. Okay. And come to find out, there was a bit of a problem in some of the microcode that allowed the CPU speed on Alder Lake to be reported inaccurately under certain conditions. And Intel went back into the microcode and added a, um, a new flag uh, it's I can't name the name of it. Oh, there it is. FLLOC mode, which helped to alleviate this, and they had to make some CPU-Z validator updates and things to it. But with the handshaking that they understand is going on between the motherboard and and the microcode and the BIOS and the CPU itself, this really shouldn't be possible. But there's a window in sort of the, C- the video cards article. Uh, the write-up from the CPU-Z author sort of explains it, how you can still achieve seemingly misreported speeds due to manipulation of certain parameters inside the BIOS if you're like somebody like maybe a famous overclocker, like maybe this guy, working closely with the BIOS manufacturer. There is a way to do this, you know, to be able to have it potentially misreport speeds, and I suspect that's kind of what happened here. It's suspect. I'm looking over... This PC World article you linked to, and I see they're using um, 
a lot of the results from Gordon's uh, review from the same, you know, from the same publication, but gives us a look at uh, here's like the gaming benchmark with a 3090. Yeah, this is 12th gen versus Ryzen 5000. Yeah. So you have look at those CS:GO numbers. That's all that really matters. Well, wow. yeah. Far Cry, New Dawn Ultra Quality. They have uh, normal quality. Gears Tactics at Ultra and Medium. So that's good. A nice mix of, of easier to drive and harder to drive titles. CSGO, of course, is ridiculous because you're well over 500 frames per second with everything. But in general, Intel wins gaming. There's, I think, how many instances of it where they don't? Here we have Horizon Zero Dawn original quality where a 5950X edges it out by 4 FPS. And then they're virtually tied in Rainbow Six Siege at ultra quality. But at that point, anytime you're going ultra, and it's it, it you're getting probably uh, GPU bound at that point, or at least somewhat GPU bound. And the results being within a frame of each other suggest maybe just like a normal variation. But yeah, anyway, it, it, the the particular way that I decided to almost facetiously test gaming because I don't like gaming benchmarks for CPU tests. I think CPUs should be, you know, tested as CPUs and GPUs should be tested for gaming and whatever else compute that they do. But yeah, unless you're software rendering, I would love to bring back the Doom benchmark to see how many real takes everything has as it launches. You know, and to think need that... need a bigger graph for that. Eight years ago, AMD was so far ahead of the field in releasing a 201-watt TDP processor. Mm-hmm. Was that the 9570? 95, 9570? 90. Okay. The was one, that what there, it was? There was one that shipped with an all-in-one. It was, all in one it was a 5 gigahertz on, like, two cores, and then it went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They kind of but, took yeah, it, Intel's it had a double. What's that? They took Intel's approach with the Pentium 4. Just throw more gigahertz at the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they finally yeah. just had to rewrite the architecture from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's a few more watts. It's, you know, I, 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 I kind of look at this entire. Are, are you done, Jeremy? Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Okay. Camera two. You know, I. I kind of look at this entire launch, and and it is impressive what Intel has done, but there definitely is a price in terms of power and heat. And um, that they were able to eke out, you know, some significant, you know, results from especially like Cinebench um, and do it with 24 threads, and eight of those threads are on the efficiency cores. They've done some interesting things, obviously, and uh, performance is up there. Gaming performance is up there. They've they've gotten it together in terms of cache sizes. I mean, they're much larger than they were. They're approaching what AMD has with the 5000 series, and we've seen some massive jumps in, in overall performance, and, and it seems like in terms of manufacturing, <clears throat> they're a lot better at doing larger caches, which do not suck up huge amounts of energy. But to be able to get these, you know, performance numbers, I mean, we're still talking, you know, it's what, uh, the 5950 is 125 watt TDP officially, or is it 95? Or is it like 105? This is 105, I think. Yeah. And so even though 
that load when you've tweaked things out it's still you know 150 watt draw uh that's still 90 watts less than what intel is doing and so if you think you're you're throwing a third more power into it and significant amount of heat more and you're still winning by five to ten percent in in the best um case scenarios that's 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 still kind of a rough i mean you got to have better motherboards you got to have better power delivery uh, you're going to have boards that are going to cost more you've got to have cooling that is going to cost more i mean the wraith prism can handle the 5950 without any real problem that's a 45 dollar air cooler and it does a fairly decent job um and i'm not trying to you know piss all over things because it's good that we have a lot more competition from intel it makes everybody a lot better but boy they you pay a price to get that performance, and it's it's right up there in black and white. Total cost of ownership is higher. You're right, Josh. And you yeah, don't the dollar, sound at all the like figure. you're being defensive about this at all. And you know, right. picking at the power draw, the same things that AMD fans used to ignore when <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the it, total cost of ownership of Alder Lake is very high compared to AMD. You're absolutely right because you can get a decent five a B550 board. Grab one of those processors somewhere. They're usually on sale somewhere. And have yourself a great system with tried and true DDR4. But Yeah, I mean, I linked up with uh, some of that uh, DDR4 3600 memory, 32 mm-hmm. gigs for like 129 bucks. Yeah. So compare that to the calls out there For everybody saying AMD's got to lower their prices now. What do you think about a lot of people saying AMD's got to lower their yeah, prices? Yeah, this is what I was going to ask you so- about. I'm not guys, so sure because I I think they do need to lower their price because if you look at the charts the benchmarks that are out there show a $649 yes. Intel part beating their $700 16 yes. core part yep. so they have to lower the price yeah they will total but cost I don't ownership it's very expensive to get into that Intel there are board. cheaper boards than the Maximus Hero <coughs> there are boards that are like 279 I don't know how good the power delivery is but I True. think the lowest True. I saw was 199. That was that was the, the least oh, really? inexpensive. No, I didn't see a. But it was like one. one board, and it was it was bare. Let's just accept that, <laughs> that LGA seventeen hundred is the new HEDT. That they don't really do. That, <laughs> All right, that, that, that might be fair. Trickle yeah. down okay, no, it is. in desktop anymore. That's what right. the twelve nine hundred K is, and you always paid more for an you know an X ninety nine board or a two ninety nine board, so. I, that's one way and we've already seen an erosion in some of the AMD Hot parts. Take. I mean, the 5800X is is getting down there in price. At least it's on sale pretty much all the time for fifty bucks off to eighty bucks off. Really? Hmm. I'm gonna do a price check right now. New egg. Price, uh, instant price check. Price check. Um, let's do. I'm probably no longer in stock. Let's all yeah, go that to the suck. 50X. Let's all go to the kitchen. Let's all go yeah, to let's the see. kitchen. They offer hassle-free returns, which is nice. According to this banner, uh, I don't see one. When I search 5950X, I get a 5900X. No, no I'm talking like the 5800. Oh, 5800? X. Yeah. I was hoping for a sale on the 5950. Oh, no. They're not going to have a sale on that anytime soon. They don't even have any. Yeah. Let's see. 393... Yeah, so that's really? fifty bucks off. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at no. all. 
Let me check Micro Center where the real world shops. Oh, oh for the love! Is it whether there are twenty four in the U.S. again? Shh, fewer shh, than one you. for every two states. Be quiet. Your jealousy <laughs> is showing. I have one in Michigan. I don't. I'm not jealous. I just don't like to drive two and a half. Hours All right. Fifty eight hundred X three uh, three sixty nine ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, that's almost one hundred bucks. In fifty X in stock Micro Center. Three, micro eight, center. Uh, I'm sorry, 5800X. F- uh, forget about 369. that. Forget about the world's what? hottest processor. Let's what talk about, about what do you want? Their what do you want? 59? Core part. 59. I'm just right. searching myself. All right. Not getting anywhere with this. 519. In stock, $719. Oh, f- oh 5950. Yeah. You went to that. Let's see. Uh, the processor I keep talking about, Brett, the one that's on all the charts <laughs> compared against the 12900K <laughs> that we just tested. I'm not listening. Because <laughs> Intel wants 649 for their part that can beat this Seven, part. 719 seems a little rich in comparison. So let's I, see, 12900K. Let's see what Micro Center wants for that. 649. Ooh. Ooh. Unavailable online. Well, that just means that they're selling them like hotcakes. Yeah. All, all but you 10 can't, of them. You can't buy DDR5 have. anyway, so just wait. Just wait yeah, this out. Whatever. Wait for some more Windows 11 patches because it's just a beta OS at this Why point. Why not just anyway. get a DDR4 board? It. Why not just get a DDR4 board? Why not? It's because it would feel like. I, yeah, okay. I wonder if it just feels like a, a too much of a concession. Oh, yeah. Where I could have had like, the I want kind of to know that I have the latest and greatest. Like certain people mm-hmm. in our Discord community. Like, I would just wonder what if you, say what if you overclock it and you find the 3600 memory on, on the 12900K? Uh, with it good timing, latency, and and it 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 improves overall performance. What would what would that do to you? I mean, your pure bandwidth numbers would suffer a little bit, but it seems like everything else would would improve dramatically. <sighs> depends on your workload, Josh, mm-hmm. and uh, testing. I, I guess it also out. depends on Intel's mood when they're dealing with a DDR4 memory in their controller. What do you optimize for in that situation? Probably DDR5. And you leave DDR4 for compatibility. Yeah, we heard about memory latency a lot from Intel back when they were showing you yeah. how they were still the fastest for gaming. And They're not going to mention that with DDR5. No. So if, I mean, their own mm. new CPU coupled with low latency DDR4, I'm sure, has advantages in things like perhaps the high frame rate, low resolution gaming test that I was doing where the DDR5 five equipped board running at the, the slowest like the nominal 4800 megatransfers per second with cast 40 i think cast 38 Oof. or 40 it was not that great and then on the amd side i was testing with 3600 cast 14 g skill trident memory which is just super low latency and has that nice 1800 f clock and it was getting significantly more frames out of that 3090 in like a competitive gaming scenario, like Dota 2 at 1080 low, which looked horrible. And in fact, I was making myself kind of sick doing these tests, like Metro <laughs> Exodus at 720p on a, f- uh, what was it like a 1440 monitor without any kind of GPU integer scaling or anything. It just looked like crap, just smeared garbage. But the frame rates were just so high. All right. Any more so thoughts high. about Alder Lake before we move on? Mm. Damn it, Scotty. I need full power. 
I'm giving it all she's well, got, like, Captain. <laughs> looks like Jeremy's got full kitties in his office. I'm up against uh, the PL2. I'm up against the PL2. The murder of a rat you witnessed in the back there. Yeah, what oh, really? Yeah, On thankfully camera? it wasn't a screamer. Oh, no. No, he oh, just ran yeah. past me, and yeah, that was a rat in his mouth. <laughs> Usually, he saves us till three in the morning, so hopefully, he's not going for a two for tonight. It's got to be nice to have. But we did get we once again. Vancouver is on the top ten list of the planet for uh, population density of rats, so he is hmm. just doing his best. Well, well, congratulations then. Good, good for you guys. Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah, all Habs they, fans, aren't they? No, they'd be Canucks fans. Or maybe Kraken fans. At this point, it sounds like having cats is a requirement to live there. With a rat it's not there. a bad idea. No. <sighs> All right. Um, moving on. Phase change memory. We haven't talked about this in a while. It gets a little more flexible. I yeah. detect a pun. This is a Weird. Jeremy story after all. Well, no, it is actually this. fairly literal. That that is a look at it right there. They figured out a way to lower the temperature doing it to create it, which is a, a fairly huge thing because most of the time, one of the real bad things about phase change memory is that you're you're using some really nasty chemicals and they need extremely high uh, temperatures in order to create it. So this drives the cost up, you know, beyond what most people are willing willing to pay, and you know has horrible impacts on the environment. So th this team out of Stanford have figured out uh, a, a new way of doing it uh, with uh, antimony telluride and germanium telluride. The big deal is that they can actually lay down the substrate and everything at temperatures under 200 degrees Celsius. So not only is this good for the environment and for keeping costs down, it means that they can actually print it on flexible substrates. Because one of the huge things about uh, phase change memory is that it only needs a tiny bit of current to zap through it to change the phase of the memory material from, you know, what is sort of a zero to a one. And it doesn't need energy to maintain that. This is, you know, a huge benefit because if you're throwing something out in the, the wild that doesn't need a lot of energy and yeah, it's, it's going to get worse, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it does, it only needs a tiny amount of the energy that it used to, uh, they're 0.1 milliamp per centimeter squared, which is, you know, way down from what was about 10 milliamps for the most recent stuff that was most useful. It, you know, this is kind of neat because not only can it be printed and used in IOT stuff, it actually is a lot easier to run and a lot cheaper to make. So yeah, it, it's going to be a while before we see PCM again. And, you know, the, the writable CD-ROMs were technically sort of that, but worked horribly. But this might, you know, see it uh, getting a little bit closer to becoming a real technology. Indeed. I was going to go to Josh's camera and ask him for his opinion when he was not there to be funny. But then he I'm glad that sneaked you back in. Mm -hmm. what's, uh, what's going on with those plants? I had to go Josh? get this. Oh. What do you got there? Mm, skull splitter. Oh, scotch. Mm -hmm. yeah. Scotch ale. Yeah. Oh, just a wee heavy. It's only a six and a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, eight? Oh, it's a heavy then. 8.5. Ah, that's a nice heavy ale. Yep. 
It's a lot more than my 4% coffee Guinness mix. I'm double the man that you are. In fact, more than double. (laughs) I mean, that's probably true. Well, I probably weigh twice as much as you. So, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. No. Yeah. Okay. This is a this is a five point eight tonight. Oh, so that's pretty that good. One, you know. Yeah. Not also, bad. the Scots Irish thing going on. It's uh, it's easy drinking. Hmm. I did start out with a spiced porter, but I finished it, and I don't have the can near me. Mm, moved on. Russell Brewery. All right. Let's. It, essentially, their description is that you know you've got an insane guy in red climbing down your chimney. Uh, you've just murdered a tree, and the kids are screaming for presents. What would be better than a spiced porter? Speaking of Team well, Red, yes. we have some rumors to uh, mull over. This is a report. Uh, I'm not sure what the source is. This is at WCCF Tech. Talking about AMD Zen 4D. Up to 16 D- cores per chiplet. New cache design. Dense. Tackling Intel's yeah. hybrid approach. How are they going to be doing this? Josh, have you heard anything about their response to Alder Lake? This is you know Josh's friend Moore's Law is Dead talking about this. Oh, I see. Okay, so there's quote. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the original stuff, I can't remember where it was from, but he might have released that. I can't remember. But <clears throat> um, Zen 4D would be, I th- I'm probably getting this wrong, but the dense cores are going to be in Zen 5. And so Zen 5 will be the big fat, but then they'll take the last generation 4D and put those in as the efficiency core. So they'll be smaller, take up less space, uh, more optimized, unless unless I'm totally wrong with how I had interpreted it. What do you I think? I think that's one of the versions. I think that's, there's two versions of it there, Josh. I think you're okay. right about one of them, yeah. Hmm. The model is still expected to have SMT2. Hmm. And they're going to reduce some and of the cache on there to, to, to gain back some chip real estate in order to, to double the density of the cores. And they're going to oh, remove things case. like some of the instructions. So they're going to remove certain instructions like uh, 512. Well, Intel dropped 512. Uh, Lake, so exactly. So now it's fair game. Oh, yeah, we can do that too. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they're going to come out with. But they're looking to double well, the density of, of the chiplet chiplet no. core count in the same space. But yeah, and they know yeah, where the target is right now. Because ABX five twelve is pretty much useless for desktop remember, users. Remember, it's coming to Epic. They're, it's that really good at generating about, a lot of heat. Really fast. It is so. exceptionally good <laughs> <laughs> for no. They're, they're definitely particularly good reason. They're definitely having it probably, according to rumor, is it come to Epic first because core density in the server space is paramount. Think about that. I mean, space, footprint space, rack space is key to dollar conversion for the world over. You've got your, you know, your Microsofts, your Amazons, your Googles, you know, big, big cloud companies. And there's many, 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 many other ones. This converts directly into dollars for them. So Epic is a is a high value play. That more cores they can put per, you know, server is great for them. Pack them, dense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dollars. Four D, dense. Everybody wins. Profit. What about what about six D? 
I don't know what you're talking about. Like six degrees of, what is it? Like with VR, there's like the six degree. I don't remember. Uh, I was trying to come up with a transition, but I can't think right now. Meta, no, you you didn't separate well. Uh, yeah. Meta, removing Facebook <laughs> login requirement for Quest head, headsets by next year. And what's the catch? We wanted this. We you have to have a Meta to- account. Uh, uh, yeah, they changed the name of it. <laughs> See, no, uh, you're no, start selling Quest for business um, is actually the drawback because yeah, they they suddenly realized uh, that oh, there were a lot of companies out there that just were going. I'm sorry, we have to what to be able to use your fancy new program and your your headset because yeah, we're we're not getting all of our employees to sign up for personal Facebook accounts. That's 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 not happening nor are they coming into the business. So yes, there will now be Facebook work accounts tied to it, which already exist. Um, So it's not that it's completely gone. It's just that it's, you know, changed its name in the hopes that you'll forgive it for what it did in the past. The the nice thing is though, that by doing this, they're going to sever the deadlines that they had in like 2023, where unless you had, an actual Facebook account, you were no longer going to be able to use your library of games. They just simply would not work. Uh, and after that, essentially the headset itself would essentially, you'd be able to turn it on. It wouldn't do anything, but uh, that was it. So, I mean, it's a bit of good news, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect from Facebook. But it doesn't open it up for a few more people. What I would expect from Facebook. Shit. Yeah. <clears throat> just I think a different they're flavor. retreating. They're in retreat right now, so this isn't really what I would expect. No. So this is more like an admission of we're we're trying to run away from things that we did that were bad. I don't know. No, we're just you know putting them over there so you don't look at them so much anymore, oh. and oh, we're, we're and still going to do them. The name of it. We're going to go ah. back there occasionally. It's just that we're hoping you'll forget. And in the meantime, we're going to sue all those companies that already had the name Meta Company yeah, exactly. across oh, the sure. planet. <laughs> okay. Can we no longer call it like metadata? Is, can we even do that? In, I don't even know. No, it. Uh, give them a year. Yeah. That's your proprietary information. Face okay. tracking. All, all right. right. Lastly, mm. this evening. But they'll cure metastasis. So, Jeremy, uh, tell us about an intriguing looking game Weird West. Mm. Was this like Mutant Wild West? Kind of. Well, no, more uh, Cthulhu Occult Wild okay. West. Like that would be a werewolf as opposed to some sort of renamed mutant. Uh, it's interesting. It, it's at first look, it looked like Hard West, uh, which was a Kickstarter that successfully put out a game and did some free uh, DLC later on. Uh, which was, you know, very occultish, very Western, had some interesting bullet uh, deflection techniques where if you, you were lined up, you could bounce a bullet off of someone and hit someone in real time, or sorry, in turn-based. This is actually not done by the same company. This is done by the guys that did Dishonored and Prey. So you still get a lot of the talking and the, you know, stylistic animation, but it's a little bit more real time. Uh, you're following the adventures of two or three characters, which you're going to go back to. Whereas with hard West, I mean, once you finished that chapter, you were done except for, you know, some spoilerific uh, callbacks. So it's, it's 
interesting and it sounds like you've got a fair amount of choices as to how you want to deal with everything so if you want to you know do the crazy mutation stuff you, you may well be able to do that it looks a little odd um it's going to be out in january so only a few people have sort of taken a look at the pre-release but it actually looks like it might be a little bit more rpg a little bit more allowing you to create a character but in you know a game setting which honestly i don't think has been done enough which is you know horror wild west it, it they go together so well because you're up there in the middle of the unknown only you and your six shooter by your side to count on and yeah what goes bump in the night is actually something you got to worry about and not just a bear this this seems like the movie cowboys and aliens taken to its natural conclusion hmm. yeah less aliens more eldritch forces but yeah all right maybe a little bit more uh, supernatural horror kind of thrown in the mix but that could have been in cowboys uh, and aliens too 30 days of dark or 30 days of darkness that <clears throat> vampire movie that takes place up in the 30 North days Pole. of night <clears throat> three days of night yeah thank you josh uh it's more sort of like that because you're in an inhospitable location with a whole bunch of enemies around that you don't really know who which ones they are and uh yeah unless you're getting really good at shooting things in the right spots you're gonna be ending up food but except it's hot and so it's your friends not food (laughs) (laughs) of course i immediately thought about this game when i thought wild west it's got to be outlaws oh that's that's, a blast from the past that's that's further back or no is that the one that amd Uh, 1997 yeah it must have been well it was software rendered but it had a 3d mode i don't know if it was glide only or what I remember AMD bragging about these benchmarks an Aeon or two ago. And then Desperados afterwards. Somebody in the chat, Al, Mm -hmm. said the big gaming news today was longer in-game footage video of Elden Ring. How did we miss this? And also, Apparently it's going to be a a callback to the original uh, Dark Souls. Ah, okay. Because we don't have enough of those clones. Open world, and uh, it's like uh, Breath of the Wild and Dark Souls mixed. Okay, I missed it. Had a child together. My bad. Yes, thank you, CR Paul. That's exactly right. Uh, Okay. So there's there's video. Bandai. But is this the in-game footage they were talking about? Or is this just an extended cutscene? Is this just a trailer? What is this? Hey, George R. R. Martin's involved, so you're going to die. Oh. You you can never finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tree. He won't finish the so, game. He'll yeah, just start anyway, five uh, different DLCs roughly tied to the main story and start uh, sure pushing was, those out. If you're sure interested in this price. and know how to use the internet, then you can watch that video. <clears throat> Let us move immediately to oh, picks of uh, the week. Al Bundy says the in-game footage actually starts around the middle. If you feel desperate to go back to that, it's okay. But, or not. nice. It sounded nice. The sound design was good. Had that sort of okay. eerie quality. It sounded kind of like the opening to uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, like Fellowship of the Ring. With uh, a very eerie movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see uh, maybe. I got a little, I got a little Shannara vibe from it uh, watching the tree, but okay, okay. whatever. All right. Oh, wow! Yeah. I haven't, uh, 
I haven't thought of those books in a long time. I really but, forgotten but they were did the a TV series. The tree, the tree made into like successful an, yeah. movies. Uh, there was a TV did, show like, series. And, it died horrible didn't death. Like, didn't like. Actually, yeah. I liked it until season two, and then it was like, "What is this?" What they're is good this? as audiobooks. You know, they're good. They're good as books. Flat yeah, out, well, decent I mean, books. Really I, guess I, anymore. I guess I never watched the Shinara series. Mm. Eh. I, I know that they have about, the uh, Wizard's First Rule. Uh, I've never series. even seen that because it's going to be awful. Yeah, it was, it was not good. I mean, the the uh, Zed was played by the uh, pilot in uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So that was a plus. I mean, that I can see working. Yeah. My God, he needs to work. I haven't seen him since then. Yeah. Anyway. of the week. Josh, get us started. So $179 for a two terabyte, reasonably fast NVMe drive. It's PCA 3.0. It uses the Integrit controller. True grit. Sadly... Inno grit, right? Inno grit. Inno really anyway. yeah, there. there. 180 bucks for two terabytes kind of, uh, and kind of buffer. It's like 3200 megabyte per second read and 2800 megabyte per second write. So you can mm-hmm. click on uh, you know specs and see how it's spelled. Inno grit. Is this controller. a dramless design? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Well, that's right. I mean, that, okay. look at those IOPS. They're not real high, but nope. you know, they're still better than most other stuff. Is it QLC? SLC caching, but that's it. SLC. Okay. Oh, I see SLC ah, cache. Lifestyle, it's yeah. not. Yeah. But the life on it isn't bad. No, I mean, for mm. yeah, but what do you expect for 180 bucks? More. Of course, you know, it's just probably <laughs> not going to be on sale forever. And yeah, integrated is drive rates. Wow. Come on. Of that spec sheet in Ogrit. I wasn't Faison once kind of like the entry level, and now we have Inogrit. But Faison got like, there were some fast Faison drives too. They got really, they got Still big are. and they got better mm-hmm. fast. They got first to market for a few things, so that really helps. Yeah. And I mean, AMD invested a tremendous amount of money in them um, yeah. because they're willing to do the work and, and they've they've grown from it. So they're. You know, not quite at that whole Samsung level, but they're pretty darn close. Whatever happened to... Just watch out. They might start making their own DRAM soon. Hmm. Whatever happened to Sandforce? What? Or sorry, NAND. Like, storage. I think uh, Sandforce Sand was... was... Wait, Intel didn't Intel buy oh. Sandforce? I know they were using it for their <sighs> Intel official SSDs for a while, but I don't know if they. I don't know. I I think uh, the Sand there was always some sort of decoder ring that could remind me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. I I think a lot of the OWC stuff actually has Sandforce controllers in it. Yeah, I don't know where they're barefoot. All right, uh, who's next? Jeremy, looks like you have a couple here. Well, it's, 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 hey, this might actually be a CPU benchmark for you now. Mm. It's 5D chess with multiverse time travel. And just hit play because it, it, it's, it's 5D chess with multiverse time travel. Okay. You, you start playing chess, but then you can sort of decide that you want to go back in time 
and make a different move, which spawns a new branch, uh, which is separate from the current present, and teleport a piece back into the past, at which point it starts to branch off into new things, and then new things, and then you can move chess pieces from up. And this is a real game. You can buy it on Steam for less than $20, and it haunts my nightmares. It's called a psychological okay. terror, and there, there you is. You know what? Essentially, you're you're describing how they've done for, AI and chess games for the past forty five years. Exactly, but Except now you actually be able to play. Just visualizing it, and now you can access that. Yes, and you oh, can cheat stop. the same damn way that they did. Yeah, and just, I don't know how far it will branch, but it, it it's, it's just, just amusing as hell. It's it's chess yes, with get source code control on it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looked like to but me. It's like that's that's a, those are git branches. That's what that yes, is. they are. And there is an agreed upon you know present or long term, which then and then some of the guys are like saying, "Yeah, psychological horror is a perfect tag for this." Other so like, I don't know. Sometimes I can win it. Other times, this pawn that moved about three dimensions back and fifteen twenty moves ago suddenly appears out of nowhere and wins the game for the AI. It oh, is bizarre. Like it is a hell of a thing. Yes, also true. That bug came back the very next day. We thought Who it was a goner. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it looks utterly hilarious. But yeah, the second one might amuse you. Um, yeah. So they've turned Queen's Gambit into a board game, which is funny because Queen's Gambit is about a board Gambit game. Gambit is is chess. Except yeah. no, because they they didn't want to do that. Yeah. So if scroll down just a little bit further. There you go. There you go. That's all that's been relanced so far. <laughs> so there's four of you, and you're, you're sort of laying out tokens which are <sighs> possible moves. And then you decide between which of the three branches, because she's supposed to be able to keep numerous games in her head. Right. You decide to go with. And I just, I'm sorry that they, the Queen's Gambit board, board game has been invented and been around for a very long time. Dude, that's And if that's you want to so get as good though. as her, you should. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, wow, this, this game. I, have you seen the show on Netflix? Yeah, like, there's a game of that. Really? What's it called? Mm-hmm. It's called Netflix Presents mm-hmm. the Queen's Gambit Board Game. Yes. Oh, okay. It has nothing to do with chess except for the board, but you know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where that came from this week, but I saw them both, and they just—they're haunting me. So if you—if you want something really tough, try getting good at chess. It's not easy. And if that sucks, well, go for go. Oh, Lord. I still don't understand the rules of go, and I've played it a few times. And it's just... It's about the journey. Okay. All right, Mm. Uh, Brett, your pick of the week. This is a practical way to extend your Wi-Fi network, compatible with all Wi-Fi routers, and Mm. it's on sale. 77 bucks will get you a Wi-Fi mesh range extender from Netgear, the EX7500, to extend up to 2,300 square feet. It's a booster and repeater, so it'll pick up your same IP and same naming and things of that nature. So it's designed to communicate with your base station, as it were, and repeat that signal out to the furthest reaches of your property, yard, or and beyond if you position it incorrectly. But for 77 bucks, uh, you know, don't invest in a full-on mesh network. 
take your underperforming existing router and amplify. So it's a lot cheaper than perhaps in reinvesting in an entire new mesh network with multi, um, multi-client or multi-children you know, that mm-hmm. you scatter around. This yeah. is a good way of doing it. And this kind of stuff makes a lot of sense if you are not you know, saturating your network capabilities with a single... Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, because so you're going to pay this is a, a penalty for doing this, right? Yeah, it has to you, you will. Oh, you yeah. will. You will. But this is a good way for the everyman to do away with his frustrations of, I get sucky Wi-Fi signal in you know, some far corner of his house. Mm-hmm. Fix it. 77 bucks. It's on sale. No wired backhaul, though. I know it's a big... Uh, I believe uh, it, ampli- it it reamplifies the existing Wi-Fi signal. That's right, how I exactly. believe it works. So what I, you're saying is it may it not have an option for wired backhaul. It's the wired ver- or wireless router extender version of a splitter on your coax, where you would lose like three and a half to seven decibels every time you split it. You know. I suppose technically we might have to understand how many MIMO antennas the original base station has in order to answer that question. Yeah, but is this and using that, more than one to link up, or is it using a single it, stream? It's it must be you know, multi-stream if it offers uh, correct. 2200. Yep. Anyway. It's cheap. should get one and test it. Except yeah, yeah for less than half the pain. price. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, want, you want to do more Wi-Fi testing? No. Go for it, no. Sebastian. I, I actually... Uh, I asked asus if they would send their uh current like high-end mesh network i was thinking i have the perfect house for this i've got fiber internet and i've got uh, an aging router and it's only in one room and i have lath and plaster walls and i have terrible wi-fi reception in my house i should put up one of these high powered mesh networks and see what the difference is and then i got it and before i could get to it uh, you know, the tree fell on my house and all of that stuff happens. So oh, man. Kind of, but you you could still do it. It's in the corner of my living room and I haven't hooked it up yet. Soon. Yeah, I've, I've had an Eero for three years and it's it, it saved my marriage and my children's sanity. Wow. <laughs> With the sacrifice that's, that's of years. Sad. Now, does each Eero uh, unit have wired backhaul? Or, I don't no. think it does, does oh, it? Enough of the yes, wired backhaul. If you have dedicated you started wireless started backhaul... It. I was being sarcastic because of your wired oh, backhaul okay. thing. I, I think it's it maxes out at 100 megabit, though, that back yeah. channel, which like isn't Google great. Wi-Fi. But, Google Wi-Fi. But I mean, I've got 120 well. megabit broadband, so okay, it's not like, like I'm throttling anything. I thought you were in the middle of a prairie somewhere. I mean, where did you get 120 megabits? It's some mountainside. Cable. but Cable, oh, right? I live in a town. Okay, all right, fair enough. The population density was high enough. It was like 12. We're like, yeah, well, all right, we'll give these people... Yeah, if it was 10, cable. there's no right. way... For Wyoming, that's... Uh, it's pretty populated. Yeah. I've driven through, and there are stretches of road where it's like house, and then you drive for 10 minutes. House. So I can see why they wouldn't bring fiber. And that's there. considered a town, yeah. right? Uh, I was out of the town. I was in like the country. No, but... More of a Hamlet. <laughs> uh, making fun of you, Josh. I don't really have a pick I know this you week, are. But I, I, I will pick... Uh, get them while they're hot. Boxed, still sealed, Intel desktop processors. Your choice oh of, gosh. you know, DX2, DX4. I have DX2, DX4, the PR100, the uh, 
Pentium. I don't have an original non-MMX Pentium in the box, sadly. I thought I did, and I looked, and it was actually a Pentium Pro. And I have Pentium 2, which is pretty much impossible to find. You cannot buy another Pentium 2. Still sealed in the world, as far as I know. Pentium 3, Pentium 4. Man, you still hang around with us. That's cool. I, wow, you're like a celebrity. I could wow. probably retire to a cardboard box if I sold all of these. <laughs> but you'd own the NFT to that cardboard box too, so. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. You know, it still doesn't mean you can buy another Mazda 3. You just can't. You no, you can't. I no, wanted one. No. You just couldn't buy one. You, you're not. You can't. You can't. There were a couple it of could used be worse. ones you, for more than new, but that was it. At least you just sell, collect processors and other old hardware. You don't actually collect cars in their original wrapping and store them. No, no. The coal collectibles thing, this is about as far as I go. And I have... So far... in your cardboard box that you live in, yeah. if you spread fecal material in a somewhat artistic pattern, does it raise or lower the price of the NFT? Uh, wouldn't that be a separate NFT within the box? Well, I, think, I think Jeremy's right, because that's performance art. So I think that would necessitate its yeah. own... I don't even fully Yeah, we didn't talk about EA. Is. I didn't. We didn't. Neither does EA, but mm. they're still going to put them in their games. You know what? He or was so smooth on skipping that. it. I was, was, and so now you're dragging us down. <laughs> oh, no, this is post-show. You can hang up on us is anytime. Because we haven't signed off. No, we haven't we? said goodbye yet. Hey, we haven't, oh, well, we haven't said goodbye or anything yet. But we'll do it in the post-show. Week. Until next week. Thank you for listening and watching or both repeatedly, constantly clicking the like button. Hitting that bell. Doing page, Patreon. Yep. Patreon. Every day. Yep. Right. Thank you very Bye. much. This is part of your probation. Well, we thank you. Mm-hmm. I got all my dog out. Hurry be. up. All right. Oh, Show is over. urinate everywhere. Show is over. So what's this Could be worse. thing? Okay, now he's going to do this. Yeah, so, so EA. I mean, if anyone was going to incorporate blockchain and NFTs into their gaming. Like, yeah. Who would it be? Yeah, of course. There, there's, you get one guess and it doesn't even yeah. count. I mean, so, I yes, not, how, how crappy could they be? I mean, come on. They're not doing this, really? Yes, this is the future. Uh, <laughs> oh the the quote from their CEO is literally, play-to-earn games are the future of our industry. But it's still early to figure out how that's going to work. So he doesn't understand what an FT is or what the blockchain is, but he knows that there's money in there. And so, yes, there will no longer be pay-to-win games. You, you will pay real cryptocurrency, which they may or may not invent themselves. Uh, it wouldn't put a pass them to do that and then watch it, you know, do pull a squid game. Uh, <laughs> so that you can earn Sorry. unique items within the games which you will own the NFT for and so I'm thinking like borderlands and the infinite game uh, guns. So yeah, I've got an NFT for this gun. That's exactly the same as yours, except this one's pink and yours is blue. How much cryptocurrency are you really actually going to be doing? Because it, it increases in value through some mystical method, which only the, the fungible people know or else you're just going to be tossing around pieces of paper saying that you own this thing, which is actually not even a real thing, but simply a skin in a digital world somewhere that will die in five years. So yeah, it's just, and they're going to tie this, of course, somehow into FIFA and NFL and all the other stuff that they own that they keep getting sued about being screwing people over on, on loot boxes and the various uh, game enhancing uh, 
you know, things that you can buy with real money. But if you're doing it with cryptocurrency, the vast majority of lawyers haven't caught up to this kind of crap. Governments certainly haven't. They're not even sure it's real money at this point. So they can all go start and go back to the old NF, the old uh, gambling with the loot boxes and the skins and everything that they've been busted on for the last eight, nine years, except for a little while, they'll be able to get away with it because it's blockchain NFTs and a cryptocurrency of some sort that they will figure out how to implement at some point. Do you guys want to hear some actual real breaking news? Yes. 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 Live from Laramie, Wyoming. Intel bought Centaur from Via. When? An hour ago. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So Glenn and the gang are getting enfolded into Intel. Though Glenn hasn't been doing much to the company for a while, but he's, he's still kind of, you know elder statesman of, of CPU design. So it'll be interesting to uh, see what they actually do. But yeah, no more, yeah. no more VA x86. 